Hello and welcome to The Gray Area, an advice podcast on relationships for gamers and non-gamers alike. My name is Genesee Gray and this is the first podcast in a weekly series, hopefully, so bear with me while I get some of the kinks out today. I developed this podcast because I play a lot of MMORPGs, uh, World of Warcraft, Lord of the Rings, Second Life, etc., and I find that other than raiding and farming, most of my conversations with people involve relationship issues, romantic or otherwise, that are occurring in-game. At times it gets quite confusing to keep up with the constant tells and the drama. As time goes on, I'm beginning to believe this phenomenon, which I like to call text-based disillusionment, or TBD for short, is becoming a huge issue. I mean, after all, it's easy and sometimes preferable to lose touch with reality when your significant other is a 12-foot-tall, muscle-bound night elf hottie with mad, arcane skills. But I digress. P.S. Druid suck. On to the first situation. Eve writes in with a role-playing dilemma. Sometimes, and not often, she says, there's a role-player who tends not to use third-person, uses asterisks, and otherwise does not tend to have good grammar. I can stand most of it, but if they use first or second person, it drives me nuts, and my boredom gets the better of me. I don't last more than a week. With most, it's about three to four months at worst, and more at best. And that means I lose interest very, very quickly. If I tell them to type correctly, they don't, or ignore me from telling them. What are you supposed to do to keep that sort of ignorant typing to get out of your way and make them not god-mode the whole thing with slang text? Eve. Uh, I don't have a lot of info here about the game you're playing, if it's a mud or a physical LARPing sort of interaction, but I'm going to assume you know the other players here. Um, By the way, I'm assuming this person's a new player and hasn't quite got the hang of things yet and isn't just a walking epic fail. So, first, before the game begins, whoever is making the scenes move forward, the dungeon master, if you will, should set out some basic etiquette for gameplay. They should be nipping this in the bud anyway to begin with, but I would definitely ask for a rereading of the protocol. If this doesn't work, or if there's a computer controlling the environment and it's not a DM, I'd begin to take it to the next level. When this person, let's call them Artie, says, quote, I go to the stone wall and investigate, I would reply with confusion. Eve wonders what an eye is and gently explores her face to see if this eye you refer to is a sightseeing apparatus. When Artie replies with, hey, it's me, it's me, I am talking, you will continue in this vein. Eve drops to the floor as the voice of God echoes in the room, cowering in fear. Rinse and repeat, etc. Keep on deliberately misconstruing until he corrects his behavior. Good luck, and I hope that works out for you. Second, we have a letter from from a mysterious, weary traveler who's having some family issues. She says... My question's about holiday and vacation travel with the extended family. My significant other boyfriend and I are in a committed relationship, own a home together, have been together a long time, etc. However, because we choose not to be officially married and we don't have kids, the extended family members seem to think we should be able to easily travel to multiple states to visit them. The travel time wears us out every year and it gets really expensive. We do want to see them, especially around the holidays, but the huge family get-togethers with all the cousins and step-siblings that we don't have relationships with or talk to throughout the year, and grandchildren we don't know, crawling all over us, are getting to be too much. We tried to suggest that we could visit a few weeks before the holidays to avoid the big family events, but they quickly said they would just invite everyone earlier so we could still attend the big event. (laughs) I realize the big family events are more for the grandparents and little kids than for us, but how do we tell them we'd rather just visit with a few select people who we are close to, rather than spending time with a whole huge extended family we don't really know anymore? 
Sincerely, the Weary Traveler. Well, TWT, it can be hard when family makes the assumption you're young and kid-free, and thus widely available to be inconvenienced without a thought. I'm guessing this is occurring probably once or twice a year for the major holidays, and that's why they figure it isn't too much of a hassle. I don't really think your marital status has much to do with why they demand you do the hoofing back and forth, as much as your kidlessness does. My thoughts that you designate every other year to the family free-for-all and make this effort. After all, little kids will someday grow up into actual people you might want to talk to, and you don't want to be like me, saying, um, yeah, aren't we cousins or something, after ten years go by. That being said, to add another dimension to the visiting years, I would bring the cat with you. I know this seems odd, but bear with me. One of the best things about having small children is the built-in excuse factory at your fingertips. Oh, little Johnny's being grumpy. I think he needs his nap far, far away from you all. Get it? So you become the people who have a cat, kid, cat, <coughs> kid, cat, mm, cat. Uh, um, mm. I'm so sorry, but it's four o'clock, and Tom really is particular about when he gets fed. He will tear the place apart if we don't get back, etc. Also, I'm assuming you're staying with your family, and this will gain an added complication to the question, do they want you to visit if you bring a cat to stay at their house? Hmm. Bonus. On the years you don't go for the big shebang, I would take time throughout the year on regular weekends to visit those family members who do have meaning for you and you will miss individually. This way you'll, you won't have to put up with the whole clan every year, but be warned, if you make these individual rounds and you skip some people, it may be noticed and commented on, so be careful not to hurt the feelings of the ones you'd rather skip until next year. Excellent letter, though, weary traveler. I hope you get some rest soon. This last letter is from Not a Racist, who is having some serious guilt issues. He says, Hello, I got off on the wrong foot with my guild leader. A guildie told a racist joke, and I laughed at it. Now he thinks I'm racist too, and he kicked me from the guild. I really like that guild, and all my friends are in it. What do I say to the guildmaster to think I'm not racist? Well, this is a tricky one for sure. It's the prerogative, and one of the few, of the guild leader to kick anyone at any time for any reason. Maybe you were wearing blue today, and he hates blue. No questions asked. But for most guild leaders, they don't quite act like this Das Führer all the time, or they wouldn't have any guild mates. The time to beg and plead would ideally have been right after you were kicked, however. I'm afraid you might be a little late here. I'll try to help you salvage this, though. Um, first, I would write an in-game mail to the guildmaster. I would tell him how stupid I was to laugh at such an, such an offensive and belittling thing, and that you don't know what came over you. I'd tell him you were completely and utterly wrong, and you're completely sorry for anyone you may have offended. I would beg him to plead and post something in the guild, telling anyone who heard you how you apologize for your actions and how bad you feel. And if he knew you, he'd know it's so unlike you to do anything like this. And then you send it and wait. By the way, you are sorry, right? You know racist jokes are the very least in poor taste in a digital world full of every culture. Just like jokes about women and kitchens are also very unfunny, right, <coughs> Frigid? <clears throat> Especially when you look better in a frilly apron anyway. Uh, back to the question. A certain amount of joking of all shades is appropriate and acceptable with people you spend a lot of time with in the game. People who have gotten a feel for you and who really know you and know that you respect them. Teasing is okay with friends, but insulting strangers is not, and that's what happened here. You laughed at a joke in poor taste that was offensive with people who didn't know you yet. You got burned. After you send this letter, you were waiting, remember? I'm hoping the guildmaster will respond to you in some way to this letter. 
maybe telling you how upset he was or what the guild policies are, etc. This is excellent, because that's a dialogue that's been opened. You can respond back to him and so forth, eventually taking note if he's accepting your apology. Then you tell him if he ever feels you could be given another chance to be in the guild, you would love that. You do not ask. Do not ask. You just let him know you would appreciate it if it ever happens, and you leave the ball in his court. If he feels you show some redeeming qualities, he will reinvite you. If not, move on. Good luck, NAR. Please visit our Facebook, Facebook page, The Gray Area, for a discussion on guild relationships and to comment on any of these letters. If you have a situation or a relationship you need a different perspective on, please email me at genesegray at yahoo.com or visit me on Facebook, The Gray Area. I would love to continue this podcast, but I need some humanitarians out there to give me more questions to podcast about. So please visit, click the like button, and say hi. Thank you.